0: A lot of people don't feel good about themselves or they lack meaning or they feel unhappy in life because they lack clarity. They lack clarity of what they want. If you can decide upon something that you want to pursue and then just relentlessly pursue it, whatever it is, then every milestone that you hit. Every progress marker that you make, every small achievement makes you feel better, builds more confidence. And if the goal is big enough, then by default, it will have a positive impact on other people.
1: Today's guest is Dean Bokhari, CEO of Flashbooks and the founder of Meaningful HQ. He's also host of The Meaningful Show, one of the world's top podcasts, where he distills the lessons of over 700 personal development books into powerful ideas on how to live a meaningful life. So, Dean, welcome to the show.
0: Max, thank you for having me, man.
1: I appreciate it. Super excited to have you. And I want to jump right in with this Greek concept of arete, because I know you're fascinated by it. And it goes very much in line with the theme of this podcast of Unleashing Your fullest Potential. So for listeners, can you share with us what arete means and why it's so important to live a meaningful life? Arete
0: is this Greek word that isn't really used very often anymore, but it's sort of like a, a, the first thing that comes to mind when describing, because it's really hard to pin down the definition of it, but a lot of people think it's happiness. And it is in a way, but I would almost call it like full, spiritual, total Happiness. It's a level beyond that. It's complete inner and outer happiness because a lot of times we have this, we have an odd definition of happiness in modern society. Yeah. Right? We think that happiness is getting things and achieving things. And, you know, those are all wonderful, but those are all also extrinsic. True happiness is when you can decide to be happy. On a moment to moment basis, regardless of the circumstances that you may be in at any given moment in time, you can choose happiness. You can choose to be happy. And if you can choose to be happy, then literally uh, that reverberates into every other dimension of your life. You can live a healthier, wealthier, happier life if you just choose to do so. But a lot of times, man, you know, we have this thing where, and I've been, a victim of it as well. And it wasn't until I realized that I didn't have to be, I could choose not to be, that things really exploded into change for me in my life. And that was, you know, I, I don't need to compare myself with all my buddies from college. I don't need to compare where I'm at in life and my achievements with other people's achievements. I only need to compare myself today with who I was yesterday. And as long as I'm getting better and better every day, even if that's a percentage of a percentage, hey, that's cool. As long as I am continuing to grow. And I'm a huge believer in the growth mindset. That is, you know, it's an excellent book written by a researcher named uh, Dr. Carol Dweck. And she wrote a book called Mindset, which is, you know, she talks about the difference between people with a fixed mindset versus people with a growth mindset. If you've got a fixed mindset, it's like, you know, you fail or you mess up or someone calls you something negative and you take that in and you let it define you, right? You fail and then you say, gosh, I'm a failure. You get something wrong and you say, gosh, I'm so stupid. Whereas a fixed mind or a growth mindset says, okay, well I failed, but that doesn't mean I'm a failure. Yeah. It means that I just, that was a learning opportunity. As the old cliche you know, saying is, you fail forward, right? You can grow from that failure and you can become better from it. And um, that's, that's, that's huge, I believe, in living a fulfilling and meaningful life. And I think that another huge element of, of creating meaning in your life is number one, your life, life in general is meaningless. Yes. It's only about as it's it's only about as meaningful as you decide for it to become. You get to choose how meaningful your life is going to be, and that's the beautiful thing about this whole thing. And number two, another thing that I've learned about meaning and living a meaningful, fulfilling life is it's all about doing what it is that you can do to help bring. Some sort of forward progress to other people's lives how can you contribute to the well-being of other people and that's a huge differentiator between happiness and meaning too because you can be happy all day long and not help anybody else yeah and but the people who really think about the people we remember right think about people that we remember martin luther king uh gandhi even religious figures jesus like these people actually suffered. <laughs> they had some pretty, sh- I mean, they, they, I don't know if you can use profanity on your podcast. Oh, go now. for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they went through some pretty serious hardships. Some would say had some shitty lives. They, they really went through some tough things, but, and they may not have been happy, but they led meaningful lives because they saw light at the end of the tunnel. They wanted to help their people. They wanted to, they were willing to do anything to help the people that they were leading and i think that's a beautiful thing um but anyways that's a long drawn out tangent and i don't even know if that answers your question man
1: but that's, uh, <laughs> no, totally, totally you know Dean, i love this distinction though between meaning and, and happiness the, the way i look at it is is immediate gratification that's usually a hard term right it's like yes the the you know taste of ice cream or chocolate right or like Chasing yeah. that money, that, like buying that new car or whatever. It's all these external things that like people look for, right? And it's, I think at some point in our lives, we we'll all fall into this trap of thinking that happiness and joy and fulfillment and meaning are somewhere outside of me. And if only I get the circumstances right, then finally everything will fall into place. But right. as you and I both know, right, and most of our listeners, like that's not really the case. And so it's, yeah. meaning is something we develop over time. And a pursuit of something bigger and larger than ourselves, right? Absolutely, one hundred percent. I love that you're pointing out here that oftentimes, like a meaningful life is not necessarily pleasurable, right? It's not necessarily just fun, right? It's it's a lot of hard work. Yeah. So so tell me about yeah, how can people you know find meaning in this? And that doesn't mean it
0: needs to be. It doesn't. It doesn't. It it can't be be, fun, Hmm. and it can't be enjoyable because I think that's huge. Also, I think it's. I think the ideal situation is right for you to pair your joy with something meaningful. So that way you can do something that matters to you and enjoy the process, Yes, right? I think that's huge. Also, that's, that's what I, I'm constantly striving for and I'm constantly striving, striving to help other people build and cultivate within their own lives as well. So yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off there. What were you saying? Matt?
1: No, no, it's an it's important distinction. And I love that. I think, I think that the problem though, is that most people are so focused on the, the short term part. They forget right. the, the more long-term meaning, right? Like most people can right. sort of create joy. They go to parties, they do all this stuff, right? Which has a place in it, in life. Right. Cause otherwise it's boring, right? Otherwise you're right. just sort of running towards the future, but it, the meaning part is, and that's why I wanted to get you on the show. Cause I think it's such an overlooked aspect of living a great life. And so you talked before yeah. and I love that, that like, You know, life itself is is meaningless. And it's essentially the meaning that you give to it that really creates something in our life. So how can people, you know, with this meaningless life, how can they create meaning themselves? And what are sort of the things that people can find meaning in?
0: Well, I think that one of the, you can, first of all, you can find meaning in any dimension of your life. Whether that means that you, whether you're working, you know, in the, the typical professional setting or whether you're a stay-at-home mom you know you can you and especially actually as as a mother you could that's one of the most meaningful things for that sure. you can do you know and that's that is a full-time job harder than any full-time job and um, you know the some of the ways to cultivate meaning you identify a purpose for yourself you figure out who you want to help and you figure out what you can do best to set that out to to help people with what you're doing. So you have, you develop a skills for instance. So for me, one of the things that I do that I find meaning in is learning about personal development, reading the material, researching, reading the books, sifting through everything, figuring out what are the patterns here that can help people live better lives and then distill that, talk about it, teach it, learn something, uh, distill it and make it easy to understand, take a complex concept, distill it down, simplify it so that I can understand it also, yeah. and then teach it at, through speaking at events, through speaking on my podcast, through creating audio training, through writing about it, and through you know just sending it out there and trying to affect as many people as I possibly can. And uh, that, that's, that's w- the way that I have cultivated meaning. So even when it's not fun, because I usually find most of my work, 80% of the time is a blast. I'm having fun because I'm doing something that I really thoroughly enjoy, right? I I really enjoy it, but it's not always fun. Sometimes I'm in the middle of writing an article or putting an outline together for a speech or a podcast. And I'm like, God, man, this is, uh, I'm tired. (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not feeling this. Yeah. I don't, I'm just, uh, I don't even feel like doing this right now. But then I'm like, you know what? I, I must do this. I have a commitment to do this. My purpose is to do this. I, I've made a promise to myself. And if I break that promise to myself, then not only am I going to lose respect for me, but I'm failing to fulfill this mission that I've decided to, to make my life about which is to help as many people as I possibly can to improve their lives and achieve their goals, period. And that, that fires me up. That gives me meaning when maybe I don't have that fun or the energy that I would typically want, whereas I would give up otherwise, when I remember that why I'm doing it, why am I doing this? Then it gets me going again. Zoop, it's like a battery, you recharge and you can get going again when you remember those things. You get what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, totally. I love that focus on, on really the deeper meaning behind things. Right. Cause I think, especially, in you know, for entrepreneurs, like we have all these different aspects to our business. And sometimes even when you're doing what you love, you have to do things that just aren't fun. Right. Yeah. There's certain things that just aren't enjoyable. And so then focusing on what does this give me? Why is this important? How does it move my mission forward? Is such a key aspect to, like you say, recharging yeah. that battery again.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And remembering that what you're doing is helping other people is huge, man. Yes. It's huge. You know, there's, a, there's an old study that I read about a while back in this book written by Adam Grant called Give and Take. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yes, love it. But uh, he talks about how he went into these call centers and did this, uh, he was doing this study and he wanted to see, you know, these, these people that were working at these call centers on the phone every day calling random people that they do not know soliciting money right, yeah. for their organization hard job our <laughs> job our job and they were losing motivation they weren't as productive as the company wanted them to be and so what they did was they put a picture of one person that they themselves that specific person helped And they put a picture of that person inside of their cubicle and said, hey, you got funds from this person that you called and that money actually helped this child in this country and it fed this person and it helped them live a better life. And when they had that person's picture right up there inside of their cubicle, productivity rose by like some insane percentage, like 38%. I don't even remember the exact figures. So don't quote me on the figures, but I remember, that it was an insane percentage that their productivity grew by because now they have meaning. They have an idea, oh, okay, I've helped this person before. So even though I'm tired right now, even though I'm not feeling it, I, I, I know I can do this because my job matters and I have, I have value, my job has value. So I'm gonna keep on cranking out these calls and I'm gonna get this money so that mm-hmm. I can help these people you get what i'm saying
1: yeah i so. totally love that you know it makes me think of there's this quote that's often attributed to mother teresa who said people don't act for the many but they will act for the one right so like uh, finding cool. that emotional connection right because it's 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 difficult right to think oh i'm gonna change the lives of a thousand people but they're like these faces they're you know they're not very clear but if you have that one person maybe a family yep. member maybe a friend maybe just a picture of a random guy in the middle of nowhere someone on the other side of the world but, you know, that person, I'm going to change that person's lives. There, there, there's something so, like, emotionally, intrinsically rewarding in that, right? 100%, man. 100%. Yeah. So I want to dive a little bit deeper into your own story of, of finding yeah. a meaningful life. Because going back 10 years, you've shared before, you know, you weren't living the same life, right? You were And, in fact, looking at your website, is a super cool story of, like, I used to be shy until I became a professional speaker, right? I used to yeah. be fat until I changed my relationship with food. I used to... You know, work for a tobacco industry that didn't fulfill me until yep. I decided to do something meaningful. So, yep. what was the shift in your life where you realized, like, I want to chase meaning now and not just money?
0: Yeah. So, for me, it was really, it started with me just trying to figure out, dude, what do I really want to do with my life? And, you know, I, uh, after graduating from college, I, you know, I, I thought I was going to be on this path to pursue a law degree and become an attorney. Wow. And the only reason why I decided to do that was because every time I told people when I was a kid that I was gonna be a lawyer, they were like, Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, you, your dean's gonna be a lawyer. Yeah, you man, made it. <laughs> hey, good job, man. Keep it keep keep it up, you know, get good grades and 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 do your thing. And this is not anything against a lawyer. We need lawyers. It's it's you know, it's a it's a it's it's a great profession, especially if it's something that fires you up. But I didn't really want to do that. I just said that I was doing it because it sounded good. And then I, I kept on saying it until I graduated from college. And I'm sitting there and I'm, and I'm deciding whether I should go to grad school, go to law school. And I'm like, what? why do I want to do? Do I really want to do this? I don't want to do this. It's not, I, I don't really even know anything about law. And I'm not, it's not something that fires me up. I don't find it meaningful and it's not something I'm passionate about. And so I decided the last minute to just tear up my law, my, my uh, acceptance letter for, for law school. And wow. I decided I'm just going to go and try a bunch of stuff and I'm going to figure out my life. I'm going to figure out something to do that fulfills me because there's this crazy statistic, like 70% of Employees in the United States, I don't know what the numbers are globally in different countries, but in the United States, 70% of employees are disengaged, meaning they're either they're either disengaged or actively disengaged at work, meaning that they either just kind of feel ah eh, about their work, like they're just not really into it. They just do it because it pays the bills, or they really genuinely hate their job. Yeah. So they're watching the cat videos all day and just <laughs> Exactly. And I, I, one thing I knew for sure was that I didn't wanna be part of that statistic. And I figured that if I did not wanna be part of that statistic, I better figure out something that I, I really wanna do, truly want to do, that I both enjoy. And I, back then I thought, I, I just gotta figure out what I love to do. That's what I thought. And so at that time I was also doing, I was, into, I was getting into personal development I was figuring out my life. I was reading all these books and I'm like, whoa, man, there's all this beautiful stuff, all this wisdom that I'm learning from these books that I wish I'd been taught in school. Like, why wasn't I taught this stuff in school, Hmm. you know? And so I'm learning all this stuff. I'm studying this material and I'm thinking, all right, it's time to better my life. And I started getting myself into shape and then I... I got into like this uh, to, to, to modeling and stuff like that. And that led me to move from where I was in Virginia to California. And I moved to California. I t- definitely did not make it as a model. And I started to try out different careers. And one of the careers that I ended up in just for the sheer fact that I needed to sustain myself, I needed some income, especially living in California was um, working as like a marketer for Big Tobacco. And I started that job. It was my first real job out of college and took the job. They took care of me really well. I was doing this work. And before I knew it, four years had gone by and I was still working for this company. And it didn't really hit me. The moral implications of it didn't really hit me until I remember one day I was like, in my car, getting ready to go into this presentation. And at this point, I had read many books about personal development. I was working on myself, trying to better myself. And I thought, what the hell am I doing? I'm working for a company that's contributing to the death of countless millions of people around the world. And I could bury that and pretend like I'm not contributing to it, but I am responsible for that because I'm working for this company that's doing it. You know what I'm saying? And I remember just having this complete breakdown and just crying in the middle, in in my car before going into this meeting. And I left, I quit my job, and I started learning about how how to, I started speaking at that point. And you know, I, 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 was, uh, I was going and doing these different presentations about how to find and do work that you love, how to live a more meaningful life, why it's actually important to do that. Sharing my own story with learning that I, it's not just about the paycheck, it's also about figuring out <clears throat> what you can enjoy doing and what you can do to help other people in their lives. And if you're not, if you can't add those two things into the equation, then at some point it's gonna hit you. Yeah. Right. At some point it's gonna hit you. And you don't want it to hit you when you're in the latter part of your life. And you're in this place where now you can't even do anything about it because it's too late. You got a family, you've got kids, you got bills to pay. You've got all of these different obligations And now you you have these golden handcuffs on and you can't, you can't take them off, you're trapped. And I knew that I didn't want to be in that position. I wanted to get out as soon as I could, even if that meant that I had to, you know, go back to square one and figure things out with my career. And I did. And then I started this, uh, of all these books that I read, I started writing and sharing notes about them with my friends and sharing them at talks that I was doing. And, you know, slowly, one of the ideas that I had was, is all my friends are asking me for these notes for these books. And I'm like, whoa, there might be a business idea here because I'm sharing these notes on these books that I'm doing. And people are enjoying reading them. And so I, st- I said, you know what? Maybe I can monetize this. And so that's how I started FlashBooks. And that's, that's grown rapidly. And uh, now we do, we've got nonfiction book summaries and audio book summaries. That uh, we record on on the best nonfiction books out there, personal development and business, and so that allowed me to not depend on anything else for for income. And then also, different groups and organizations were just asking me to come and talk talk about this stuff that I was learning and to share my story and my journey. And so that helped me also. And you know, lo and behold, you know, seven eight years later. I'm I'm doing this full time and it's 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 a beautiful thing. I, I I thoroughly enjoy it thoroughly find it meaningful. I enjoy it and it's something that I'm good at and and can and would love to continue learning more and more about, you know, I think that's also huge. There's no yes. stopping point there's if you feel like I've made it, if you say, this is i'm 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 the man now like i think that's a lot of people do that and they've got it wrong man because you can always continue learning you can always continue getting better
1: yeah that's the beautiful thing right that literally until the day you die there's an opportunity to grow and to learn new things and to become even better at inspiring other people especially in this field that we're in and so you touched upon you know some of the aspects of the gps before, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for, for our listeners, you know, they're in the same, you know, moment in their lives that you were in where, you know, they're, they're, you know, they don't really know what to do. They don't really know what direction to take. They're like, should I just try out 10 different things? Like, what should I do? So can you show those people, you know, how to find the purpose and the meaning in life?
0: Yes. Yeah. So that GPS formula is the G stands for what am I great at? There are three questions that you want to answer for yourself. Number one is what do I, what am I great at? And then number 2 is what am i passionate about what do i love to do and then number 3 is the s is how can i combine those two things in service to others gps what am i great at what am i passionate about and how can i serve others with those two things and if you can answer those three questions and do something with your life that 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 is is the answer to those three questions then you will be able to unlock this elusive question of how do I do what I love? How do I do something that matters? Those questions will be answered by answering those first three questions from the GPS formula. What am I great at? What do I love to do? What am I passionate about? How can I serve other people with those two things? That's huge.
1: Yeah. You know, I really love that because it really, it sounds like it's about taking what's internally like authentic to you and then bringing it out and asking, how can I serve the world? Cause, Cause that's where most people go missing, right? They're like, well, I have this big passion. I love to do this thing. But like how do you actually connect that to the world in a way that serves people that provides value that you can actually live from. Right. And so I yes. love this, this combination of things.
0: Absolutely. Like I'm, I love pizza, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I really enjoy having pizza, but i'm not great at making pizza yeah and because i'm not great at making pizza i'm only good at eating pizza <laughs> not and very useful that part, i'm not i'm not useful in that arena because i yeah. can't serve other people with it <laughs> all i can do is order the pizza and serve it to people but i can't make it i can't i can't make it well i'm not a, i'm not a you know i don't have a pizzeria i shouldn't and i shouldn't because yeah. it's not my thing
1: <laughs> you know so yeah that is that is an important point right like like, I always almost feel like you have this, and it's, it's not a moral obligation, but you have a certain obligation to do whatever you're pursuing in a great way, right? I truly believe that there's so much purpose that we get, even if it's, you know, even if you're stuck in a job, right, that you don't like and you have those golden handcuffs on, then maybe you can still find ways to make it more meaningful. You can still find ways to make it better, to, you know, pursue more meaning by actually becoming great. And there's this process of mastery, I think, that is so critical in our lives. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, Can you tell us about that? Like, why is mastery so important?
0: Mastery is more important now than ever before because mastery is about going deep. Yes. And not only is it more important now than ever before, but honestly, it's easier now to master something than ever before because so many people are on the surface level where their attention span is it's null you know we the our attention spans have gone down globally for a million reasons but mostly due to technology and our lack of ability to, to to make a clear cut from it when the time is right we don't We don't have a healthy relationship with technology, and it's not really even—it's not as much social media or technology's fault. It's a this is—it's a a dual relationship, right? Yeah. We got it. Those—they're—they're great tools. I think that it's beautiful. We live in—we live in a time that I I wouldn't want to live in any other time period of history than now, because we've got so much at our fingertips. It's beautiful, and. But if we know how to use these tools, then we can really move our lives forward. But a lot of us just don't know how to use them. And we we, we we allow them to lower our attention span, to live at a very surface level, to not really truly go deep and sink our teeth into any given thing, but really just touch and go, touch and go, touch and go, touch and go. and. A lot of people, I believe in society, we've got this dabbler mentality. Try a little thing and don't really get too deep in it. Maybe the first time we fall down or the first time we realize we're not that great, we just move on. But if you're interested in something, whatever it is, you give it a shot. And the first time you fall down or the first time you mess up, instead of giving up, you say, hey, let me learn a little bit more about that. And let me dive a little bit deeper into that and see if I can get better at it or fix this thing that I messed up or, or, you know, figure out how to get around. Then you're in the beginnings of mastery. Mastery is about delving deeply into a subject. It's about delving deeply into an arena. It's about obsessing over something such that you can become the best that you can possibly become at it. And Mastery is, I would recommend anybody read a book called Mastery by Robert Greene, phenomenal book. That That book will teach you how to become phenomenal, extraordinary at your craft. And it will teach you the power of doing that, the benefits of doing that. There's no greater joy than pushing yourself and then disciplining yourself and building the habits of success there's this inner joy that comes from mastery. There's this inner confidence that comes from mastery that you just can't get anywhere else. Yeah. You just can't get it anywhere else. When you do something and you work hard at something and you do it regularly and consistently and you get better at it, and then one day, you, know, you look back at where you were compared to where you are now and you say, wow, this is unbelievable. I can't believe this. You know, that's that's from mastery, that's from setting goals, that's from deciding on a path to pursue and pursuing it relentlessly, maniacally, obsessively, and becoming better and better and better at it each and every day. That's mastery.
1: Mastery is a dedication to something and it's powerful. You know, Dean, I absolutely love that. And Actually, a couple of weeks ago, I had Dr. Anders Ericsson on the show. Um, oh, you know, for, for our listeners, he's the world's leading expert on what it takes to become the best in the world of what you do. And what he's saying and what he's found in his research over the last 30 years is the exact same thing, right? That if you want to become the best that you can be, not just the best in the world, but it was that you can possibly become, you just have to put in thousands and thousands of hours of relentless focus of going deep nice. on really avoiding all the distractions, avoiding all the shiny syndrome things out there and just go deep in one subject area so you can actually master it and what you're saying here is and i love this it's like that is actually what brings us the most joy in life i think that's something that that people forget right it's like they think that like the purpose of goals is to just succeed in the end right but i truly believe that if you go off that big dream and you give it your all and you go off the mastery even if you never make it and even if you never become rich through it and famous and whatever else if the outside world doesn't appreciate it, but you're going to be happy. You're going to actually have a yeah. great time because you know you went after this thing. Yeah.
0: I, I actually think that it's really good to set these high goals for yourself um, because like, for instance, I think like I, I learned from this speaker named Jim Rowan a long time yeah. ago that, you know, you should set a goal to make a million dollars or more, not because of the million dollars, but because of what the path of making that million dollars, what that will make of you as a person. Because in order to make a million dollars, you need to learn how to level up your skills. You need to expand your knowledge. You need to take different actions. You need to do all these things and try all these things until you hit success, right? And so it, then whether you, whether you make, make the money or not is not, it's, it's null because you became better in the process. And of course, if you make a million bucks, even better, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it's uh I, I think that it's so important to set those big, massive goals and to not not let them demotivate you because you know, and there's there's validity to a lot of people will say don't set goals. And I I can understand where they're coming from because in that school of thought, it's like don't set goals because they'll demotivate you from working hard right and that's just a mindset shift because you can set a big goal and if you don't make progress on it give up because you say gosh you know this is it's so intimidating it's so big how could i possibly ever do it right how could i possibly ever you know uh, paint by hand this beautiful goldfish with a shark thing behind it, inside of the water, like this painting behind you. Yeah. How could you paint that by hand? How could you become such a phenomenal artist to paint that? And you, you, you give up because you can't do it. That's, that's a mindset shift. You could also say, wow, this goal is so big. I am inspired by it. I am gonna push myself to work hard I'm going to be pulled by this goal, I'm going to become better so that I can achieve this goal. That's that's the mindset we're really after here, Uh, the mindset of letting big things pull you, right, because letting them help you become a better person and allowing them to make you want to skill up, to level up, to become better and better and work harder and harder such that you can achieve a goal, right? That's what goals are really for. Goals aren't really for making the goal happen in your life they're for the process of becoming better and better and better as long as you become better then you achieve the goal whether you technically achieved it or not <laughs> you made progress right yeah so it's about progress not perfection totally and so so to me it sounds like it's
1: almost like this detachment from the end result so you focus so on, much on the process and just getting closer and closer that it almost doesn't matter if you're ever going to achieve it right and so like, my big goal for the show is 2,000 daily podcasts. You know, 2,000 interviews with people just like you that are oh, able nice. to inspire the world, right? And I just know yeah. that, you know, the process of doing that is going to change me on the inside, like, so fundamentally. Yeah. That, like, even if sure. I never get there, you know, if I failed at 1,900 for whatever reason, like, I would be a different person because of it. And I think that is the whole, you know, pursuit of it is, like, Absolutely. how can I do something that actually makes me better?
0: I'm looking forward to seeing your thousandth interview and your 1500th interview. I'm looking forward to that,
1: man. Oh, yes. I'll definitely get you back on the show (laughs) by then. (laughs) Now I want to shift gears here because I'm obsessed with failure. One of the questions I ask every single one of my guests is, what's your favorite failure? And I know that you actually have a public list of failures, which I think is the coolest thing ever. So do you have a favorite failure out of all the things? And can you maybe share with us why keep a public list of that?
0: Yeah, you know, I uh, actually haven't updated that list for a long time. I should update it. I should get back in there because there's there's probably been a million more failures <laughs> since the last time I I updated that list. Uh, let's see. Is there any specific domain? No, whatever whatever like comes to from? your mind. Let's see. I um. I think that. One big thing, you know, I, I suppose from my totally switching gears, you know, from my personal life is, you know, with uh, with with my marriage, you know, I thought, you know, marriage is supposed to be perfect. It's supposed to be this beautiful thing. And I said that no matter what happens, you know, cause by the time I'd gotten married, I was into this personal development stuff. I was setting these goals and I, my uh, my approach for, for marriage and my relationship and my wife was that, you know, it's gotta be perfect. It's yeah. gotta, you know, we gotta have, you know, you're, you're everything that I wanted in a woman. And so, you know, our, our, our marriage has gotta be, you know, wonderful and beautiful, but it wasn't like that. <laughs> and then, you know, we had, we had our daughter and things got, got tough because things change when you have a, when you put a kid in the mix and you know you don't have as much personal time together as as you were hoping. You're you know we're we're both very ambitious people and so we both have our own businesses and goals and, and dreams that we're working on and we're we've got our own paths that we're you know going down and you know we we support each other in those in those dreams. But when you got all these different variables, uh, it, it can get tough to make, make time together and to just, and, and, and all of a sudden, you know, we were in this place where it was almost like we were roommates.
1: Wow. <laughs> instead of, instead of <laughs> Just already honest, on a pizza again. <laughs>
0: yeah. Instead of being in this loving, passionate relationship, we were just kind of like, it was almost blah. And I was like, man, what, what am I, am I failing here as a husband? You know, is because I always like to look at I think this is a huge lesson with 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 failure is. And how you can really learn from it is to ask yourself, ask yourself, what am I doing that's contributing to this rather than what's everybody else doing? Yes, that's easy, right? The finger pointing is easy. (laughs) The finger pointing is so easy, bro. You can just say, you know, this I'm I'm not where I want to be in my career because. You know, freaking my my boss is 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 a jerk, and all my employees are holding me back, and I am I, not. That's why I'm not succeeding. But what about if you said, okay, well, I'm not where I'm at in my career because, I my my progress slowed, and I'm not developing skills as rapidly as I know that I should. I'm not challenging myself as I as much as I used to. I, maybe I should do something about that. Now it's time for me to get back to the, you know, get back to the drawing board and, and figure out a map out a path to success for myself and work on myself and better myself. You know, I think that if we ask ourselves questions like that, when we fail, then it's impossible to become a failure because you're, you can figure out how to become better. That's about, that's taking true responsibility. And, you know, that was just, the the relationship thing that was one example we we really talked about it and we figured it out and we realized that hey marriage isn't perfect there's there are there are roadblocks there are stumbling blocks there are things that we're not going to where there's going to be friction there are going to be disagreements and instead of letting those ruin the relationship and create a rift or a divide we can lean into them talk about them and 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 let those make our relationship even stronger yes. you know and it, from the business world dude i've started i've launched and failed so many businesses i can't even begin to tell tell you like I, <laughs> I i remember i started one one example of a funny failure was i started i used to have um longer hair right and i i like going to the gym i work out every day and the, my hair would get all you know get in my face and i get all sweaty. And I thought, oh, you know what? This is a great idea. I'm just gonna start uh, a business where headbands for men. <laughs> I was like, bro, this is gonna kill it. Because <laughs> I was, I started wearing these headbands to oh, the gym. Yeah. <laughs> they kept my hair out of my face, and they wicked the sweat away. And I was like, "This is so good, dude! I'm sure I'm not the only guy in the world who's got long hair, who likes to work out, who gets sweat and hair in his face. I'm gonna start this thing, and it's gonna crush it!" Oh yeah! And and, and I put all this work into it, and I launched it, and I, for, I I call it like like shark bands or something like that. Shark bands, and, yeah. And something something. And and uh, immediate failure. And uh, instead of letting myself like get. I wasn't, I didn't get down because of it. I just thought, oh, okay, well, <laughs> this didn't work. That's fine. No problem. Let me shut this down and drop it fast instead of instead of sinking into it and becoming too, you know, sometimes we get too attached to stuff. And there's a place for getting attached to things when, they're, when, they're, when you really believe in something. And then there's a time for, you know, not, not falling too much in love with something and knowing when to quit because i i don't think that it's true that you should never ever quit you should only never ever quit with certain things yeah but with business for instance right you should if if it doesn't work you
1: should quit yeah get, get out of yeah. there <laughs> yeah
0: you should get out of there because the sooner you quit the sooner you can start something else mm. right the sooner you you realize this is a failure this is not working and if it's legitimately true that it is a failure it's not working then you you drop that thing and then you move on to the next one and you learn from the failures of that idea and then you apply those learnings to the next endeavor and you might fail at that one too and the and the next one too but as long as you learn you pick something up from from each failure and you can apply it to your next endeavor then you're you're good you're good i think that's the best lesson from failure is learn from that failure rather than allow that failure to define you. A lot of us define ourselves by our failures. We think I tried soccer, I wasn't good at it, so I'm a, I'm a crappy soccer player. <laughs> well, maybe we just didn't work hard enough at becoming good at playing soccer, yeah. <laughs> right? And so I think that's, that's huge, you know? And I I don't know if that answers your question about failure. If you have any other questions about failure? For sure.
1: You know, I love this process of, you know, almost detaching from failure and saying, you know, I'm not, just because I failed doesn't mean I'm a failure, right? And that's a mindset I see in this show over and over again is that the people have made something out of themselves. They have failed, you know, on the outside level a million times, you know, starting businesses, messing up relationships. Like there's been a bunch of failures every time. But the thing that I like, always learn from them is they don't define themselves by their failures. They just simply you know, yeah. take the lessons and move on. And then the yeah. thing that you mentioned before about taking responsibility is just so key, right? Because the, like, the only way that we're going to actually change the situation, right? No matter how bad it is, is taking responsibility for it. Because the moment you accept, this is my fault, even if yeah. on an objective level it's not, you're empowered right? You have the opportunity and the choice then to change, do something different. So even if it's not your fault, right? Even if it's your boss or your coworker or whatever else, taking that responsibility allows you then to actually make a different choice and create a different life. That's
0: that's the thing. And it can be your fault. It can be somebody else's fault, but it's always your responsibility. That's the way I view it is that even if it's somebody else's fault, I'm still responsible. Because if it's affecting me in my life, then I have a re- I'm responsible for it, right? Even if it's yeah. somebody else's fault.
1: For sure. So. Now, Dean, we talked about a lot of strategies, a lot of great tips today. If you could give our listeners one piece of homework, one thing they should take away from this to live a more meaningful life, what would that be?
0: It would be to set a big, massive, giant inspiring goal for yourself. Love that. Pursue it relentlessly. There's I, I call them stretch goals, you know, a goal that really stretches you to become better. Because if you set a big giant goal for yourself and you work hard at achieving it, like we mentioned earlier, what we talked about earlier, even if you don't achieve it, you become better in the process. And I think that's huge. A lot of people don't feel good about themselves or They lack meaning or they feel unhappy in life because they lack clarity. They lack clarity of what they want. If you can decide upon something that you want to pursue and then just relentlessly pursue it, whatever it is, then every milestone that you hit, every progress marker that you make, Every small achievement makes you feel better, builds more confidence. And if the goal is big enough, then by default, it will have a positive impact on other people. Even if it's selfish, other people will see, whoa, Max is crushing life right now. I'm inspired by that. You know, of course, there's gonna be people that aren't. Uh, There's gonna be people that don't like to see you succeed. But then there's gonna be people that are inspired by it. and. Just by default, then you've made a positive impact on other people. So I would say set a big giant stretch goal for yourself, an ambitious one, and pursue that relentlessly because it will make you a better person and it will help other people and it will bring true joy and meaning to your life every time you make a little bit of
1: progress on that goal. Absolutely love that. Now, before I ask my final question, where can listeners connect with you online? The best place to connect with
0: me online is at deanbakari.com. That's D-E-A-N-B-O-K-H-A-R-I.com. And that's where you can, you know, find all my work, listen to my podcast, read my work, and it'll, it'll,
1: it'll send you anywhere else that you want to find me as well. Fantastic. Now, we talked a lot about pursuing those big goals. So what is your own quest for greatness?
0: My own quest for greatness is to help a billion people around the world to improve their lives and achieve their goals. That's my, that's my big, giant, ambitious stretch goal is to help impact, is to help impact people, a billion people or more around the world to improve their lives and achieve their goals. However way I do that, whether that's through my writing, through my speaking engagements, through my podcast, through my businesses, that's my big giant goal. And that's helping me become better every day, pursuing it, striving for that.